And turn this thing around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. I'm calling on the name that changes everything. Yeah. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. All of my
Good evening, church, and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
A reading from Luke, chapter 22. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into that house, the dinners, and tell the master of the house. The teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I meet the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it, just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at a table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. You may be seated. Well, everybody's got a story to tell. Everybody's got a wound to be healed. I want to believe there's beauty here. Cause oh, I get so tired of holding on. I can't let go, I can't move.
How many times have you given me strength? tonight as the church gathers all over the world for this Monday Thursday Lord we ask that you bring us peace help us to remember the sacrifice Jesus made for us and Lord on this night as we talk about the upper room and we remember the the institution of communion Lord be with us as you've promised us over the years through the Bible and everything that you've ever said Lord we ask all of this in Jesus name and all God's people said i 
knees and I am lost for words, so, so lost in love. Sweetly broken, holy surrender. On this Monday, Thursday, this Thursday, about, we'll just say 2,000 years ago, there was a very intimate moment between Jesus and those first followers. And I, you know, when I think back on that, what that must have been like, what that must have felt like, uh, they were doing something that they had been doing for generations. They were remembering the Passover meal, remembering the time in which God delivered his people from Egypt, from Pharaoh, provided safety for them so that they can move on from there and live free in him. What a beautiful, beautiful moment. Uh, one of the centerpieces, so to speak, of the night was a table. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit today and uh, some of the significance of that. And uh, let me uh, kind of bring you to um, a couple images in mind. We have Jesus beginning his ministry. So we go back when he was somewhere around 30 years old. He was at a, another party. It was a wedding. And I'm sure that there was a table and food and people and festivities. And he changed water into wine. What a beautiful moment. And then we put the bookend. Now, near the end of his ministry, there he is. He is now getting ready to be... Well, betrayed, arrested, beaten, put on trial, put on a cross, and put into a tomb. And so he now spends the time with his disciples at a table, breaking bread, celebrating the Passover, remembering what God did in the past, but then gave a whole new meaning and significance. Uh, what I did is I actually looked at um, into the scriptures some of those moments where we have a table involved or food. I mean, many times Jesus would talk about the kingdom of God is like a banquet. And he would be very picturesque in what that's like. Or how about this? He attended dinners with Pharisees and other religious leaders. Or how about the story of the prodigal son? Remember what happened at the very end? When the son came back, the father was so excited, he said, let's throw a party. Kill the fattened calf. Get the robe, get the sandals, get the ring. We're going to party. 
How about when he fed the 5,000 people in a field? How about when he went to Zacchaeus' house? Remember, Zacchaeus was up in the sycamore tree. He said, Zacchaeus, you come on down here. And then he wants to spend time with him at his house. How about Mary and Martha? You remember that moment when they were together and there was food and festivities? How about when Jesus cooked the disciples' fish for breakfast on the beach? Or how about when Jesus eats with Matthew and his fellow tax collectors and sinners? What a group to be associated with. That's what Jesus did. Or how about the one that probably got Jesus in trouble the most? It was a woman with a questionable reputation comes into where Jesus is eating and begins to wash his feet with her tears and to dry them with her hair. Which, in that day, that was a no-no. Couple fronts. But this is the Jesus. I'm hoping that you're here to see and experience and to feel the Jesus who loves us. Now, not everybody at the time understood what was going on. Uh, there's a, the scripture, if I can have that up there, from Mark chapter 2. There was a Pharisee uh, who was with Jesus, and, and he poses the question. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? In other words, why is he rubbing elbows with people like that and not like us? And do you know what his response was? He goes, those who are well have no need of, of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. I'm going to state something, but I want to overstate it for you today. And it's this. Jesus really, really, and I could have maybe put another 10 or 20 reallys in there, but, you know, I thought I'd save space on the screen. Jesus really, really wants to commune with us. So, I'm going to come down by you to talk about this. So as I uh, make my way, how serious was Jesus about communing with humanity? Well, we find the account in scriptures where Jesus was born in Bethlehem and he was born as a human being. He put flesh on and came to this earth. He came from heaven down to this earth in order to understand humanity but more important, to ultimately pay the price for sin. Jesus really, 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 join me, would you? Really, 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 really wants to commune with us. He wants to be connected. He doesn't want anything to get in the way. This is the Jesus who has made himself available to humanity in the most personal way. He could have done all of this salvation thing, so to speak, up in the heavens, but instead he wanted to put flesh on. He wanted to go through the things that we go through so we can understand that we have a Savior who understands us, a Savior who loves us. In fact, you heard it earlier. Luke shared the scripture, and I'm going to put, if you put up there the Luke 22 passage for me, uh, the next one, there's the word really, really again. But here's Jesus. 
He says, you, you've no idea how much I've looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you. So he's with those disciples. You know, this is that moment. He is just couldn't wait to do this because he wanted to give a gift to the disciples. A gift that would keep them going when life got tough. Yes, a gift that remembers the past, how God protected and preserved and saved his people from Egypt. But also, he wanted them to know a God who's going to be present with them and will be with them in the future. And I imagine this Jesus, who knew the scriptures really well, understood when David used these words. If we could put up there the Psalm 23 passage. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. You know, words from David, a shepherd. He understands shepherd. He understands sheep. My guess, Jesus knew this scripture inside and out because he lived it. And so I want to give you a picture, if you would, and uh, make sure the cameras kind of come up here. Picture, if you would, a table being prepared. And that's what took place at the Passover. So there was a meal. There was a celebration. There was a lot of things going on there. But picture this Jesus not only wanting to feed them physically, but also feed them spiritually. He knew what was going to be ahead of them when he was going to be arrested and put on a cross. And I mean, all those things. He knew what was going to happen. He knew the human emotion all too well. So, yes, he prepared a table. And there was food. Really good food. I'm not sure if there were Triscuits back then. There should be. Pretty authentic. The one thing I will not eat on, my, uh, on the plate, my parents always told me I should eat what's on my table or plate, these things called dates. Anybody want a date? One less that I have to be concerned about. But just picture this. He is providing for his disciples. So there's a beautiful meal. But he's also providing spiritually for their needs. And he's putting it all out there. It's quite the spread. And the spread ultimately looks like this, right? And he gave his life as a ransom for many. But picture this all being put out there, all prepared. I mean... I just think about the Jesus that I've come to know, and uh, he knows me. He knows my, my life. He knows my circumstances. He knows how hungry I can be, how thirsty I can be, and he just keeps providing, right? Wouldn't it be silly? Wouldn't it? If the meal's there and I decide to get distracted, and kind of go over here and kind of be on the go all the time and forget about the meal. I think the enemy is really good at distracting God's people. I think he's so good at knowing what's going to get your attention and how he can pull you away from the table he prepares in the presence of my enemies. And we go on it all alone then. And we're... we're really starving ourselves because we're not connected to our Lord and to his table. But the thing that I get, probably, probably more than this, 
is how the enemy comes and wants us to focus on the wrong thing. I'm going to tell you what the wrong thing is. Now, it's real, and some of you are sitting here today, and you have those too. It's called scars. You have different scars. Some of them are physical. Some of them are emotional. Some of them are relational. Some of them has to do with your, your, your well-being, your health. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relational. Who knows what it is? But you have scars, and it is so easy for people like you and me to fixate on those scars. That's why Good Friday is important for us. That's why I hope you come back tomorrow. Because I want you to know that there were other scars that were given and received so that our scars would not keep us from God forever. And the enemy wants you to say, hey, just what about your scars? And they're important to deal with. But what about the scars that Jesus endured for you and for me? So he wants to distract us. He, he wants to prevent us from seeing all that God wants to provide, not just physically. That's really good that he does that. But spiritually, the forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. And with the forgiveness of sins, I mean, it's the full deal. It's peace and hope and joy, and love, and confidence, and boldness, so that as you go through life right now, no matter what you're going through, there is a hope that will not disappoint you. And that's what we focus on. We um, fixate on that. I want to bring you to the other part of that Psalm uh, 23. It says, yeah, thou, thou anointest my head with oil, and then it says, my cup runneth over. Doesn't that sound silly? Wouldn't that be a waste of, quote, wine? Why would you do that? Well, there's a, a Max Lucado, if you've ever read any of his. He talks about this. And let me just read this. Hosts in ancient East used it to send a message to the guest, like the serving of wine. As long as the cup was kept full, the guest knew he was welcome. But when the cup sat empty, the host was hinting that the hour was late. In other words, can I get out of here? I don't want to be with you anymore. On those occasions, however, when the host really, really, now I'm adding some more reallys to Max Locato's, but you'll get the point. He really, 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 really enjoyed the company of the person. He filled the cup to overflowing. He didn't stop when the wine reached the rim. He kept pouring until the liquid ran over the edge of the cup and down on the table. From human standpoint, that seems silly, but that's exactly what Jesus does for us. His love is overflowing. His love is greater than anything you can comprehend, okay? It's greater than any of the pain and the hurt and the sorrow and the grief that you've gone through. His love is greater than that. His grace is so great, so amazing, so life-changing. And that's what this upper room is all about. It's a time to pause, reflect, remember, and to taste and see that the Lord is good.
can have the next scripture up on the screen from Luke chapter 14. Um, telling a story once again about inviting a whole bunch of people to a banquet. And some people came, but many didn't come. And then he tells this part. He says, compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. His desire is that you and me would come often to his house to hear his word, to have this really beautiful sacrament called the Lord's Supper and have it faithfully. I want to share with you now uh, Romans chapter 8. This is from the message. This is a different way. You've heard it probably before. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Great translation of it. But here's a different version of it. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fate, fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. No condemnation. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. So here's where I want to make it as personal as I can. I want you right now where you're sitting in your own quiet mind and heart, think about those places where maybe the enemy is trying to condemn you trying to shame you into feeling like there's not enough love to be able to do something in your life. I want you to think about that, and maybe it's a person, place, or thing. I don't know what it is for you, but I have my list. I want you to think about that for a moment, just a moment. Those scars were taken care of by Christ. Totally and completely. And he wants us to taste and to see the goodness of God. It is bountiful. It is life-changing. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. We're going to remember, yes, what he did 2,000 years ago, but much more than that. We are going to taste. We're going to see. We're going to receive forgiveness of sins and the promise of life forever with him. So we're going to... Confess our sins first. We're going to do that, and then we'll be ready for communion, and I'll give you some instructions. But I want you to be thinking of this. I want you to do what I call the great exchange. Okay? If you're thinking about a certain scar that kind of hurts you, maybe a person or somebody, I want you to come forward, and would you put your hands out, and you receive the bread and the body of Christ, or you receive the blood, the, the grape juice, or the wine of Christ. Know the great exchange took place. He took your yuck, and he gave you new life. Amen? All right. Let's continue now with the confession of sins, if we can have that put up on the screen. Let's read this together out loud. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. 
We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Be assured, because of Jesus, because of his suffering, death, and resurrection, because of all that he did for you, your sins are forgiven. And I love the way that the scriptures paint the picture. He takes them as far as the east is from the west, and he will remember them no more. No more. Forgiveness in Jesus alone. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup's the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And now as we continue with the distribution, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free um, during the next song to, to receive those elements, believing it is body and blood of Jesus for your forgiveness. And if you're going to come forward for communion, we're going to have three stations, two up here and one back there. So feel free to, to go as needed. But let me just remind you, when you come forward, leave your scars behind. Because he took the scars for you already. Grab hold of that forgiveness and live to the glory of God. Amen. watching all the world does care when the world weighs on my shoulder now feelings I can bear cause I know Right here, everywhere I 
these thoughts I've wasted All these thoughts I fear Even when these thoughts have faded
forgiven, empowered to live as his children. Now may this true body and blood of Jesus strengthen you, empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. I'd like to invite you now, we're going to do the Lord's Prayer after communion now, and I want you to really think about each of those petitions and what Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray and to think. Let's stand and pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And before I share with you the blessing and the benediction, just a reminder, tomorrow night we will gather and remember Jesus on the cross, remember the kind of passion he had for you and for me, and then on Sunday we will gather together at 9 and 11 o'clock to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and what it means for us. So receive now the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Preparing a place where the sorrows erase, and when I stand before you, I'll find all along it was me on your mind. Who am I that the king of the world would give? 
place where my demons can't find me but just wait till they see who's standing behind me i walk through the valley of shadow and it scared me half to death but you're with me in sight who walks up to a giant and picks a fight who turns a lion's den into a petting zoo who can have church in the fiery furnace well i'll tell you who crazy people trust in jesus following him wherever he leads us kingdom seekers walk by faith believers here's the church I'm one of those crazy people trusting Jesus, following him wherever he leads us. Kingdom seekers, walk by faith believers. Here's the church, here's the steeple, here's the whole God's crazy people. I'm one of those crazy people who sees the world as a mission talks to Jesus like he's real, who believes the words in red, who says he's coming back again, crazy people trust in Jesus, following him wherever he leads us, kingdom seekers, walk by faith believers, here's the church, here's the steeple, here's the whole God's crazy was guilty case closed the end no chance for me to ever leave this prison of my sin now i know it might sound crazy but one day a key unlocked that cell i heard a small voice say your debt's been paid by somebody else and now i'm walking walking
nothing perfect I still stumble every single day I still get knocked down but the difference now is that's not where I stay cause I 